He is risen. Indeed, He has. I'm Pastor Mark, and welcome to E3, where we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday, a.k.a. Easter, uh, the one day that, that truly differentiates our, our faith uh, from other faiths, because our God is alive. Easter is an interesting story, and I, and I have the opportunity to uh, get to interact with a lot of different people. And uh, a lot of people, they have a real problem with Easter because they say it is impossible from some, for someone to rise from the dead, which I say, that is the point. <laughs> that, that it never happened before. It has not happened since that this is the unique time. Uh, uh, this is the unique characteristic of the Christian faith. It's what everything hinges on. And, uh, and it's interesting, as people came to the tomb 2,000 years ago, uh, they approached this news or they received this news very, very differently and uh, because they all had expectations. And those expectations in every single case was completely wrong. We have stuff like this happen in our lives all the time. In fact, it happened in my life uh, just yesterday. Uh, I was on Facebook and, and a friend of mine posted that he just sold a, a book at uh, the Tallahassee uh, Writers Association and, and I thought, oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to go down and, and surprise him and say hi. And, and so I asked my son, Boo, I said, hey, Boo, you want to uh, go down to the, to the book you know, fair? And he's like, not really. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you want to hang out with your dad? And he's like, yeah, I'll hang out with you. Let's go. So we went down and we were going down. I went through the ATM to get some cash. I was figuring, you know, I could meet some local uh, um, authors and I'm going to... Uh, buy a couple of books and, and a couple of things like that. So we get into Market Square and right around and, and we're driving in all the cars and all the commotion around. And we're like, oh, wow, you know, a lot of people are here. This is pretty cool and everything. And then my son goes, uh, Papa, those aren't books. Those are vegetables. <laughs> He wasn't talking about the authors. He was talking about uh, uh, there was the farmer's market going on. And so we were going thinking we were going to a book fair, and we ended up going to the farmer's market. I said, well, let's go to the farmer's market and, and go in there. You know, we can get some kale and, and some beets and, you know, some you know, different things. And so we're going through there, and when we first walked in, we... Uh, came across this, this, this table that had this artisan corn, this heirloom corn laid out. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, and uh, we were just talking with, uh, with this guy. He started telling, he's like, oh, you know, have you seen corn like this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I've seen the pilgrims, you know, in all the little hats and everything. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize anybody like actually ate corn like that. I just thought it was a decorative thing. And he starts telling me, like he's a corn evangelist, right? He starts telling me, you know, about all the corn. And, 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 and out there, he has all these different kinds of grinds of corn. And you can, you can see the little bag over there in the, in, in the corner. And, and he's like, look, I got all these different kinds of grits. You got, you got the, uh, the regular grits, 
You know, and, I, and he was going on, he's like, I just, grit, these grits look like that yesterday. I ground it all yesterday, fresh today. These grits are like, you know, no grits that you've ever had. And then uh, he's like, and then this is crockpot grits. And you put this in the crockpot and like 12 hours later, and he's going on, and, and he's like, well, what do you, what do you think? And I said, oh, I'm from Southern California, I don't eat grits. <laughs> and he's like, What? And uh, so he starts and he's just, you know, telling me about his grits and he's so excited about it. And uh, I became a believer. I actually left there. I bought three bags of grits. <laughs> it was like, I thought I was going to buy books. I had no idea. And I ended up home, you know, and my wife's like, you bought what? You know, and, and uh, it was just, it was one of these just kind of unexpected things. You know, I was going thinking one thing. And I ended up being a convert to, you know, tithing to the corn god or, or, or something like that. And I came and had that, you know, beautiful experience. I still haven't had it yet, I'm, I'm, but I have it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. So, uh, and this is really the story of Easter, uh, that people were approaching the resurrection in, in, in different ways, expecting really one thing, and that was what? a dead body. I mean, that, that's the way it has always happened. When we go to funerals, that's what we expect. You know, we expect a dead body. But this day was different. This body was not a body, but he was a person, and he was God. And that made all the difference in the world. In fact, if you open up your Bibles to Matthew 28, I want to go through Matthew 28 and through the Easter account. And what we're going to see is there's three different types of people who have this unexpected kind of encounter. They thought they were going for books and they ended up with grits. The first ones are found in verse 1, and this is their story, and this is the women. Early on Sunday morning, as the New day was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint." Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said, don't be afraid. Excellent advice. You see, don't be afraid. Why did the angel say this? Because, because dead people coming to life is terrifying. In fact, this is the basis of every zombie movie ever made, right? Why are they terrifying? Because they were dead, they did not stay dead, they came up and they are going to eat your brain. <laughs> right? This is terrifying. This doesn't happen. This is not meant to happen. Dead people stay dead. All right? So, he's saying, don't be afraid. He, and he goes on and says, I know you're looking for Jesus, the one who was crucified. There's no mistake. You're not at the wrong tomb. Yeah. The guy, Jesus, your friend, your Messiah, 
who was nailed to the cross. Yeah, this is his tomb, and he is not here. He rose from the dead just as he said he would. See, nobody believed Jesus. They thought he was using hyperbole. They thought he was telling another story, as he often did, but nobody took him seriously. I think this is one of the most profound kind of things about Easter, that it's not just the skeptics, but it was his best friends, his followers, his companions. Nobody took him seriously. I mean, they took him seriously, but they did not take him literally. And then the angel of the Lord told them to do four things. And I think these are really four important things for us. The first thing the angel of the Lord said, come and see. Come and see where the body was lying. To come and see, come and experience the emptiness and the joy, the fear and the excitement. Come and see. The next thing that he said was to go and tell. Once you have firsthand knowledge, now go and tell. Go quickly and tell the disciples, the 11, that he has risen, just as he said he was. And then the third thing he said was seek and find. And this is really important. We'll circle back around. But he said, you know what? Jesus said is going to go to Galilee, and you need to go and seek and find him. You need to go to Galilee. First, come and see. See that he's not here. See that it's true. Then go and tell the disciples, and now go and seek them. And then finally, four, remember. Remember what I have told you. These are four essential things. So what did... What did the women do? They went. And as they went, they were frightened, but also filled with joy. Why were they frightened and also filled with joy? Because, again, this was not normal. This, was, this did not happen every day. In fact, all of us have probably experienced in one way or another this kind of uh, f- being frightened and having joy at the same time. First job, first, you know, it, you know or, or first day on the job. You go and you're frightened, but you're, you're filled with joy too. You're excited. You're excited about the possibilities, but you're frightened about the unknown. Or your first child. That is very, very frightening. Somebody hands you a little life and says, good luck. <laughs> And you don't know what you're doing. It's so irresponsible. And, uh, and, they, and they hand you, and you're, you're terrified. What am I going to do? But you're also filled with joy. So you don't feel the same way by the second one. <laughs> or marriage. I remember before I got married and walked down the aisle, I was sitting there, and I, w- I had like my head between my knees. I was terrified. I, I didn't know if I was going to be a good husband. I didn't know if I had what it took. It was a very frightening thing, but also great expectation. This is why the women, this is their experience, that, that they're terrified, but they're also filled with joy. Okay, the next ones. 
is the religious rulers. Verse 11, as the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what happened. It's so interesting the difference between the religious leaders and the people who are friends and companions, the women who are friends and companions with Jesus. They came and saw, they went and told, they, they seek and they try to find, and then they remembered. What do the religious rulers do? What is the first thing when they're faced with the resurrection? They have a meeting, <laughs> right? A meeting was called with the elders. When something's happening, we got a living God, but wait a second, we have a dead religion. Let's have a meeting about it. And then they had to decide what was going to happen. So what did they decide? They decided to perpetuate the religion. It's interesting that they did this because for thousands of years, these religious rulers were preaching about the coming Messiah, preaching about prophecies that were very clear that, that the Messiah was going to be crucified on a cross, that he was going to die, that he was going to raise three days later. But when it actually happened, they realized that the, a living, wild-eyed Savior is very disruptive to the status quo of their religion. So they tried to snuff it out. It's one of the saddest statements and one of the biggest dangers that can happen when you become religious instead of being relational. So they have a meeting, they bribe, and then they lie. They told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and stole the body. So that's what the religious people, how they responded. They, they tried to cover it up. They tried to stuff it out. They tried to say that somebody else did it. It was not Jesus. And then finally, the women went back to the disciples and said, hey, let's go to where Jesus said, or the angel said that we should meet them. So they went. And in verse 16, the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Hyphen, but some of them doubted. You know, it's interesting, as a, as a pastor, I, I see people beat themselves up about doubt. You know what doubt shows? Not a lack of faith. That you are a thinking person. That you're engaged. That you're saying, wait a second, in my nine-to-five life, in my life experience, supernatural things don't happen all the time. And this is something that was very supernatural. Dead people stay dead. That's what dead people do. So when dead person comes to life three days later and is standing in front of you, you better be fully engaged. And if you're fully engaged you're probably going through your mind and going, whoa, how can this possibly be? 
Now, the interesting thing is church history tells us that even those who doubted that, that these 11 men with the other disciples and with Mary Magdalene, that they turned the world upside down, that they brought in a new paradigm of grace and love and changed the world. And they did it because they followed the instruction that Jesus gave them next. And this is what the followers of Christ were told to do. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. Number two, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bring them into community. Invite them, go and invite, bring them into community, and then disciple them. Teach them to how to go and see, to go and tell, to seek me, and to remember. You see, far too often I think that we are like the women. We start off right, that, that we hear, oh, come and see, come and see what God is doing. And we're good with that. And then we're good with the go and telling. But far too often the Christian church and us as followers of Christ, we stop there and we stop seeking. We find Jesus right? You ever heard that? Find Jesus. And then we put him in a nice little safe place. Well, Jesus doesn't like to be in nice little safe places. They put him in a nice little safe tomb, and he blew that thing wide open. He refused to stay dead because he is alive. And that he is offering us new life. And this is profound to know because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14, Paul writes this. That we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us. But let me tell you something about resurrection. You know what comes before resurrection? Death. No death, no resurrection. That's why we're told in the Bible that we are to die to ourselves and to come up as new creations in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. And that we put on the new identity of Christ. And go back another step. The James in James chapter 1 tells us, you know what? When troubles come your way, rejoice. Because you know why you're going to rejoice? Because you know God is doing something amazing. That we are promised as, as followers of Christ that, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We're going to have troubles and we are going to have hardships. And yes, we are going to be persecuted for our faith. But when those things happen, we can rejoice because we are dying to ourselves. And we know that we are part of a larger story. Let me personalize it. For some of us, when our story of coming to, coming to faith and my personal story of coming to faith is actually a story of dying to myself. 
that in my life, the door was closed, the light was out, the eggs were getting cold, the butter was getting hard, and the jello was a jiggling. And I was frightened. But it wasn't over for me. It was a new beginning. Because God makes beautiful things out of brokenness. God makes beautiful things out of dust. I have seen marriages where the door was closed, the light was out, the eggs were getting cold, the butter was getting hard, and the jello wasn't jiggling. And it was done and in the tomb. But two people in humility died to themselves, and God made something beautiful out of dust. I have seen people who have been hopelessly in debt and looking at bankruptcy, and they thought their financial lives, the door was closed, the light was out, the eggs were getting cold, the butter was getting hard, and the jello wasn't jiggling. And people came around them and taught them biblical money management skills. And those people came back to life as new creations in Christ. I have seen people who have come to the end of their careers because they were unethical. The door was closed, the light was out, the eggs were getting cold, the butter was hard, and the jello was a jiggling. And they came and died to themselves. And God resurrected them. And the old was gone, and a new creation was born. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't carry consequences and scars. In fact, I believe that our scars do not disqualify us from ministry, but they prepare us for ministry. That, you know what, I may not be a very good pastor, I may not be a very good public speaker, I may not be a very good leader, but I can tell you one thing as a person who has tried to seek and find Jesus that I have been able to do behind, you know, closed doors and over coffee time and time again is to talk with people who are depressed or have anxiety and think that there is no way that God could ever use them. And if I never put together two legible thoughts on stage or lead a megachurch or anything like that, that's one thing that I know. That my scars did not disqualify me from ministry, but they prepared me for the ministry to speak the language to people who are broken and hurting. And the same is true with your scars. And far too often, we give lip service to the theology of the resurrection, and we say, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but we don't claim on to the second promise that we know God who raised Jesus from the dead. 
will also raise us. And let me tell you, your marriage is not too far gone. You are not ethnically too far gone. You are not spiritually or emotionally or physically too far gone. And if you came here today and you were thinking about life or a portion of your life and you believe that the door is closed and the light's out and the eggs are getting cold and the, the butter is getting hard and the jello is jiggling, let me tell you what James said. Rejoice. Rejoice. Because God makes beautiful things out of dust. And what he does is resurrection. And when you are ready to die from yourself, when you are ready to release that control, when you are ready to lie it down, lay it down, that that is when the true miracle happens. And you become a new creation in Christ a new creation that has been prepared to do great things, to take steps into people's lives that no one else has the scars and the preparation to communicate the way you have been communicating. And that is a precious gift. And we should rejoice. Will you guys pray with me?